You are listening to sermon audio from Grace Community Church of Gresham, Oregon. For more information about service times and ways to connect, visit us online at gracecc.net. Once again, my name is Ron. Jeannie and I have been working in Latin America for 25 years. But we started out working here, right in Gresham. We were members here at Grace. And because I'd always been interested in the Spanish language, I was introduced to a pastor uh, who was working with some Spanish farm workers. And I asked if I could help. Well, at the time, there were, we had a team of pastors. Dennis Friesen was half the team. And uh, <clears throat> Larry Gadbaugh was the other half. Uh, but they encouraged me. They encouraged me to go for it. Uh, to get to know those people and see how I could minister. It was all very new, and uh, the people on that picture were all very little at the time. Uh, we have four children and ten grandchildren now, and there's number ten on the right. Our son Stephen and his family live where we live in Fayetteville, Arkansas. Our daughter Sarah and her family are in Washington, D.C. Uh, Patty and Luke... Our daughter, Patty, are in Latvia. They're serving with the International Mission Board of the Southern Baptists. And Andrew and Annika are discovering life in New York City. So, well, it's hard to keep up with because life changes, but the gospel doesn't. So I was working with these farm workers. We lived in Gresham, or in Troutdale, I should say. I should say Troutdale. I was a member of the city council, so Troutdale. Uh, I was involved with uh, the city council, but I was also running a business at the time. But we just felt like we wanted to stretch our wings culturally, and we got involved with these farm workers. Now, at the time, in this part of the, the world, in East County, there were not a lot of Hispanic people, except during May, June, July, and August. They came uh, and did farm work. They were seasonal workers. And so our little church uh, met out at Pleasant Home, got much larger in the summertime. And I was leading a Bible study. And although my Spanish wasn't tremendous, uh, I knew I could read the Bible out loud, and I wouldn't be wrong, you know, reading the Bible. But over time, there were a number of the guys that weren't responding at all. So I went to the pastor, and I said, well, what's wrong? I know my Spanish isn't perfect, but they should understand me. He said, oh, you didn't realize they're from Oaxaca in southern Mexico, and they don't speak Spanish. Ah, that was my introduction to a little bit of cultural awareness. I would say as a, a typical majority culture guy, boomer, uh, born in 1952, my idea of culture was my culture and everyone else's. Uh, and everyone else's, maybe I could get a little more specific, and it would be people who spoke Spanish, or people who were African American, or people who were Asian. Asia is one culture, right? Just Asia. Uh, but I didn't get very much more specific than that because I just I hadn't been taught. I didn't understand very much about it. Well, over time, I've learned a lot about culture. I've learned that uh, God is very interested in culture and that people from every tongue and tribe and nation and people are going to worship him in that day. And we get to be part of the celebration from our culture. Well, let's look at Revelation 7, 9 through 12. You couldn't have a mission Sunday without this passage. 
the Apostle John is telling about his experience. And he says, after, the, I, after this I looked, and behold, a great multitude that no one could number, from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes with palm branches in their hands and crying out with a loud voice, salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. And all the angels were standing around the throne and around the elders and the four living creatures, and they fell on their faces before the throne and worshiped God, saying, Amen. Blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be to our God forever and ever. Amen. Can you imagine that you're going to be standing there someday, worshiping with people from every tribe and tongue and nation and language, everybody from their own cultural background, a redeemed culture, praising God, glorifying God all together. What an amazing thing to think about. Well, in Latin America, with the Jesus film, as I mentioned, we have 250 language versions done. That's amazing. But we've been a little better on the production side than we've been on the distribution side. What I mean by that is we've got some very committed people who translate the script, who get it recorded, and get it out there, but we're not sure who's using it. It's always sponsored by somebody. There's always an end user who wants to use the, the film, but it might be a missionary 15, 20 years ago who used the film and has since gone on to their reward in Florida or somewhere. <laughs> and we don't know who's left. We don't know who's out there using the stuff. So my project is to identify a partner in every one of those language groups that can use the film, uh, a church planter, hopefully, so we could equip them, train them, train them in church planting, and then stay in touch to find out what God's doing among them. Well, part of it is meeting indigenous leaders. In the missions movement around the world, there have been three waves. We talk about it in Latin America, it's three waves. The first wave are people like me, North Americans and Europeans uh, that have gone and taken the gospel to culture. In Latin America, the second wave are nationals, majority culture nationals taking the gospel to indigenous peoples. So that might mean uh, a Spanish-speaking church planter from Mexico City that goes out into the uh, Sierra Norte de Puebla, the mountains of Puebla, to reach indigenous people like the Nahuatl people. So that's the second wave, is majority culture nationals reaching indigenous people. The third wave are indigenous people reaching other indigenous people. Well, last October, uh, I got a chance to go to Bogota, Colombia for the very first ever meeting of RELIEC. RELIEC is an uh, organization of indigenous Christian leaders in Colombia. The conference was just getting started, and I noticed a group of young men off to the side. It turns out that one of the pastors had invited this group to come, even though they weren't believers yet. So they came to the conference. They came from the Amazon region to Bogota, which is 8,000 feet elevation. They were freezing. But they were dressed in their uh, jeans and their sweatshirts, and they were okay. I asked them, I didn't say this in the first place, but I asked them, are you comfortable wearing all those clothes? And they said, well, no, usually we just wear you know, not much. And 
since I always get bitten by mosquitoes when I'm there, I said, well, what do you do about the mosquitoes? And he looked at me, kind of funny. The one guy who spoke Spanish says, oh, we have a paint for that. Tenemos tinto para eso. It's just something that they brush on and it takes care of the problem. So you'd know that within the culture that lived there for however many generations, that they would solve those basic problems. Well, these guys were standing there and no one was talking to them. Only one of them spoke Spanish. The rest of them spoke a language called Nukakmaku. And that's a people group as well of about 2,000. And they don't have a Bible. Uh, they don't have the Jesus film. But one of them spoke Spanish, Alex, a tall guy. He was kind of their leader. And so I said, would you like to come over to my table? I have my iPad set up and show you a clip about Jesus. I'd like to share with you about Jesus. And they said, sure. So I showed them the clip uh, where a man named Jairus goes to Jesus. It's in uh, Luke chapter 8. And he asked Jesus to come to his house because his daughter has died, or is very ill, has died. And so Jesus goes. So I show them that clip, and I want to show you what happened. He's coming! He's here! Look! Jesus! Jesus! I beg you to save my only daughter. Sir, have mercy. She's only 12 years old and, and dying. Please, please come with me. Jairus, I'm sorry. Leave him alone, Jairus. Jesus! Your daughter has died. Don't bother the teacher any longer. Don't be afraid. Only believe and she will be well. Do not weep. She's not dead, but only sleeping. you've heard that story or read it up many times. These guys didn't know anything about Jesus. They had never heard that story. And they said, can we watch it again? And we watched it again and again and four times. The same clip over and over. And the whole time they were talking among themselves because that's how they do it. They talk about what's happening, what's going on. And at the end, kind of as a spokesman, the tall guy, Alex, that spoke Spanish, he looked at me and he had just one question in response to seeing Jesus raise someone from the dead. 
does Jesus still do things like that? And I smile and said, yes, Jesus still works wonders, and he loves you. Well, that night with the pastor that invited him, Alex prayed to receive Christ. The next morning, they came back to my little table at 8 o'clock in the morning before the conference started. It was due to start at 9 o'clock. And Alex said, we want to watch the whole movie. And he was going to translate for them as they went into Nukakmaku. And I said, well, I don't think there's really time because we've only got an hour and the conference is going to start at 9 o'clock. Here's what else he said. How will I tell my people about Jesus if I don't see the whole film? Less than 24 hours, this guy went from being a non-believer to receiving Christ as his Savior and being one of the first missionaries to the new Kakmaku to take the gospel. So we found a way. We started the film, and they were huddled around the, uh, like you saw in the pictures, they were huddled around the tablet, and one of the older of them, he kept looking behind the tablet to see where the little people were, I think. And so we got, they were laughing at parts and talking about it all the time. One part that they really liked was when uh, Jesus confronted the Pharisees. And they didn't know a lot about the culture to know what Pharisees were, but they were obviously people in authority. And when Jesus put them in their place, they just laughed. They thought that was the funniest thing they had ever seen. We got as far as the trial where Jesus begins the, you know, the unjust trials of Jesus before his crucifixion. And they started calling for the conference to start, and they had to go. And I was so disappointed that I couldn't show them the whole film. But at the break, they came back, and we watched the rest of the film. And they kept talking and talking and talking about what Jesus had done. Well, that night at the conference, Alex stood up uh, in front of the 300 indigenous leaders that were there and told about how Jesus was his savior. It was an amazing thing. So does Jesus still do things like that? Well, he's doing it among a people group called the Yanomami. The Yanomami are, it's a much larger group that has a Bible and has the Jesus film. It's a group of about uh, 35,000 people on the border between uh, Venezuela and Brazil. They're a people group that's extremely violent. Uh, the statistics show that about 50% of the men die a violent death. There are revenge killings and wars between villages. It's a, uh, a very tough culture, you might say. Uh, women are mistreated. Uh, they're beaten so frequently as to keep them docile and faithful to their husbands. A lot of jealousy. Uh, not a lot good. But still, we know from the scriptures, from Revelation 7 and 5 and at the end, that people from every culture are going to worship God. So even something that looks so terrible is redeemed. It's kind of like your life and mine. We're redeemable. God loves us and redeems us. And we worship in a unique way. And that culture worships in a unique way. They've had missionaries there for about 50 years with very little result among the people, very little change in the culture until last year. And I want to show you a video quickly here of a change that's happening in whole villages as they're coming to Christ. This is uh, the missionary uh, that we work with is named Paolo, and we've supplied him uh, Jesus film projection equipment, and I got to spend some time with him in Brazil. 
And this is what happened last July. imagine there were two missionaries uh, two older men uh, I don't know if their wives were still living or not but they had ministered to those people and they were invited to come last summer and they were able to give uh, the elements of communion to those people they'd spent decades working there with no result God is working in an amazing way but the challenge is tremendous um, this fellow is Gilberto. He was uh, the man who voiced the name, uh, the voice of Jesus in the Jesus film for the Yanomami language and was a translator for the Jesus film. Three weeks ago, he was murdered. The culture still needs to be redeemed, but God is at work. And Gilberto's work lives on. But the challenges are tremendous. Uh, among his people. The risks for people who come to Christ are tremendous. We will remember Gil Gilberto. Within his culture, they may not because their, uh, their culture demands that someone who's killed in a revenge killing, uh, everything about them needs to be burned. Everything they owned, their house, and their name can't be used anymore. So God will remember Gilberto, and we will. But the people will remember the gospel. They may not remember him. But his voice lives on as Jesus. Well, we need to find a way to tell the story within culture. Uh, a month ago, five weeks ago, I was in Ecuador in Guayaquil. We invited people from the Shawi, the Kuna, Puinavi, Quichua uh, Chimborazo, and another one, to come and consult with us. We had a church planning curriculum that frankly wasn't very effective among oral cultures. Uh, Isaac Colmer works story, uh, with story runners, developing curriculum and stories, teaching people to tell stories within cultures that are mainly oral. They learn that way. So we went through our church planning curriculum 
And we were looking at ways uh, to use the passages that we have incorporated into the curriculum in ways that relate within culture. Well, one example would be uh, the story of the prodigal son. That's the story where there were these two guys, two sons, that had a father who had some money. He was well off. And one of the sons, before his father even died, asked for his half of the inheritance. And his father gave it to him. And he took the money, and he went to what the Scripture says is a far-off place, and he wasted it on what we would say in our culture, wine, women, and song, until he was dead broke. He was hungry. He found a job feeding pigs, the lowest of the low jobs. So he was feeding pigs to the point he was so hungry that he wished he could eat the food that was being given to the pigs. But he wasn't allowed to do that. And so he got in his mind, I've got to go home. I've got to go back to my father. And so he starts back. And the whole way he rehearses his story, he knew he didn't mer merit anything. His father should just, you know, maybe he can serve as a servant, but that's the best he could hope for. And he rehearsed in his mind, I'm not worthy to be called your son. I'm not worthy to be called your son. Let me be a servant. That's all. Well, as he approached home, his father was, Scripture says his father was looking and saw him and ran out to greet him and hugged him, gave him a ring to wear and new sandals to wear and said, kill the fatted calf. My son is back. Well, we know that that story is an illustration of how God receives us back even though we've wasted everything. Despite everything we've done, God loves us, wraps his arm around us, gives us a new ring, sandals to wear, and a feast. Well, we know that story, but even in our culture, we may not know what it means to feed pigs. I've never fed a pig. Uh, there are elements of the story that are not within our culture. One of the fellows that we were working with is from the Shawi tribe, and he didn't understand either. Uh, he said, well, we need to come up with some illustrations that will tell about this. So he was thinking about what story within our culture would illustrate a lost son. And he thought, ah, when we send one of the young kids, an adolescent, out hunting, and he's got his limits. He's not supposed to go beyond those limits when he hunts. But one day someone did. And they went too far, and days passed. Everyone was worried. And he finally came back, scratched up and dirty. And the there was a great celebration in the village when he came back. It was an illustration to help people understand the gospel. Well, that's what we need to come up with for every culture. We find a way to tell the story within culture. Paul found a way in Athens. It says, while Paul was waiting for them in Athens, his spirit was provoked within him as he saw that the city was full of idols, definitely not his culture. So Paul, standing in the midst of the Areopagus, said, Men of Athens, I perceive that in every way you are very religious. For as I passed along and observed the objects of your worship, I found also an altar with this inscription, To the unknown God. What therefore you worship as unknown, this I proclaim to you, that the God who made the world and everything in it, being Lord of heaven and earth, does not live in temples made by man. Well, Paul was a keen observer of culture, and we know that God is as well. With the Jesus film, I told you that we had uh, 
1,600 versions of the, of the film available in different languages. We use what's called the Jesus Film app. If you have a smartphone, Android or iPhone, you can download the app. Uh, just search for Jesus Film on the Google Play Store or uh, on iTunes, and you'll have access to all 1,600 languages. What I've done, uh, having the app, uh, not too long ago I was riding in the car in an Uber, uh, and my driver was from Turkey, I found out. And so, without telling him what I was doing, I went on my app, and I opened the Jesus film, and I started playing it in Turkish. I didn't tell him what I was doing, I just turned up the volume. And he was amazed, he says, what is that? I said, it's a story about Jesus. It's in Turkish, he said, I know. Can I send it, send it to you? And right in the app, it allows you to click and enter the guy's, the person you're talking to, the lady's email, uh, so that you can send the link to them and they can watch it. I said, would you like me to send it to you? And he said, yeah. And I did, and then right there, it shows up in your email. You have his contact or her contact information. You shared something that is culturally relevant, and it's an amazing tool. It's an amazing thing. So anyway, I wanted to get that in and encourage you to do that. Well, I started out by talking about every tribe and tongue and nation and language. In that day, we're going to hear music that we don't understand. Uh, it's not going to be the way we worship God. It's going to be a new way from a different culture that will minister to our spirit. Uh, there's a tribe called the Shavanch in the western part of the Amazon. It's a tribe that is also pretty violent. Uh, they have a history of taking any child that's born with any kind of a defect and burying it alive. That's the history of their culture. But the gospel came 20 years ago and people began to change and that custom has been lost. I was talking in Peru to an anthropologist who I happened to meet, and I told him I was a missionary. He said, oh, I'm an atheist. Sometimes they're very anxious to let you know that so that they may <laughs> cut off the conversation. And I said, can I tell you about this culture called the Shavanch? And I told him about the way they had been and that now they knew Christ and Christ was redeeming the culture in miraculous ways. And he listened to it and he says, well, I guess I can't argue with that. It's an amazing thing. Well, there were some kids uh, from that Shavanch tribe, and I want to close with this short video. We asked them if they could please sing one of their worship songs. And I frankly don't understand anything that they're saying, but I know the smile on that one kid's face you'll see at the end as they worship God. As you watch this, I want you to imagine that day when you're standing in white robes, surrounding uh, with a crowd of uh, other believers, angels, worshiping God all together from every culture that God has created. And you'll be hearing these kids. Look for them. Oh, man. 
See that guy smile? See, he worships God. Well, let me just close with another question. Uh oh. There we go. Remember those new Kakmaku guys? They were amazed by Jesus. Are you amazed at what he does? Are you amazed that he loved you enough to save you? Can you tell Jesus stories? I told one a while ago about the prodigal. I didn't tell it perfectly from scripture, but I think I got most of the elements in. Can you tell a Jesus story to someone? Can you learn one? Watching a Jesus film clip or just learn a story and tell it. Can you relate the story to your culture? Uh, wherever you work, you go to school, uh, where you like to shop. I guarantee you in Portland, there are people from a lot of different cultures that you can run into. Can you learn your testimony to share your story in a way that relates to that person. They want to hear. They're anxious to hear about Jesus. So whether it's the Amazon or Portland, people want to know. Well, out at our table, uh, as they say on the TV ads, while supplies last, uh, as a gift, we have a Blu-ray version of the Jesus film that's in English and Spanish and Chinese and Vietnamese and German and Korean and Arabic and French. Uh, not all at the same time. You get to choose which language you want. <laughs> But if you have a Blu-ray player, uh, we'd love to give you one of those. So let's pray together. Lord Jesus, we just thank you that you've created culture and you've given us the privilege of being your ambassadors to take the great news of Jesus Christ uh, to the cultures who don't know you yet. I pray, Lord, that you will bless the missionaries that are here Bless them in the work that they do. And Lord, most especially, I pray that you'd bless each one of the missionaries that are sitting here in the audience. We pray, Lord, that you would give us opportunities uh, to share our love for Jesus. I pray, Lord, that you'd uh, show us people from other cultures uh, that would love to hear a word of, uh, of grace from the people of grace. We just thank you, Lord, for your love. Thank you for the partnership between the mission uh, organizations and grace and your faithful work we praise you in jesus name thank you for listening to sermon audio from grace community church for more information about service times and ways to connect visit us online at gracecc.net